Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Now, I've been talking about challenges to our faith. In terms of ambient noise, I told you that ambient noise ended last week. Well, it really did. But the problem was, is I, as you've heard me say a million times, I don't go on to sermon.com to find my messages. What I do is something that's very novel inside of the church today. You know, you got novel coronavirus. This is novel inside of the church, and that is I actually do what's called pray. I pray over my messages, and then the Holy Spirit gives me what you and I need to hear. Not, not what I want to hear. There's all kinds of things that I want to hear. The question is, what do I need to hear? What's gonna bring about transformation? What's gonna bring about the renewing of my mind? What's gonna bring about the ushering in of victory in all scenarios of my life? What's gonna do that? That's what I need to hear. So as I was thinking about ambient noise, what came to my mind, what came to my heart was, you know what you need to do first, Tom, is establish their faith. Because I'm talking about challenges to your faith, but a lot of people have no concept of what their faith really is. A lot of people think of faith as a noun. Well, I'm a man of faith. What kind of faith? Define your faith. I'm gonna, hear, I'm gonna use this word a lot. Establish your faith. What is it exactly? A lot of you may have already turned off, I've already got all this, but we'll see. Because what is your faith? Let's look. We want to establish it this morning. In order to deal with the challenges to it, you have to know what it is that you are defending. If you don't know what your faith is, then how do you know the, whether or not it's being challenged? How do you know whether or not you're living up to it if you don't really know what your faith is? So let's, let's establish it this morning. Faith is the full witness, the full witness of the word of God, the full witness. Now this side gets it, this side's dead silent. The full witness of the word of God is your faith, not the cafeteria plan. Not that you go down the salad bar and you choose cucumbers and, and bacon bits and you skip over the stuff you don't like. The Bible is your faith. Faith is the full witness of the word of God. The full witness, whether it's palatable or not, that's what it is and that's what you'll be judged by. You know, like here comes hellfire and brimstone. There's some hellfire and brimstone in this this morning, but I will tell you this, that it's the full witness. Otherwise, you have malformed faith. A lot of people, it's grace, 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 and they got divorced from their wife and they're living with their girlfriend and, att and attending covenant whatever fellowship. They're living with their girlfriend, they're the head usher at an evangelical church and are perfectly comfortable. That is malformed 
hell-bound demonic faith. If you look at James chapter 2, verse 19, even the demons believe that and shudder. You believe there's one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Most churches are preaching that there is one God. Well, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. What about prosperity? What about healing? What about repentance? What about hellfire? What about brimstone? What about heaven? What about judgment? The reason why, hello. That's two. Boom. I don't know who you are, it's all right. I will make fun of you though. Four letter word, mute. That's how it works. It's a little button on the side of your phone, you'll do it. I had to, listen, mine was not muted when I came in here and the reason why I made sure I did it was so I'm not humiliated from up here. Been there, done that, we all have. Faith is the full witness of the word of God, not a version filtered by men. Not verses left out. Not what's made to be accommodating and palatable. It is the word of God. You're gonna be judged by it anyway. I always marvel at the deception of people that believe that if you change it here, it changes, you at, the, it changes at the great white throne judgment. For I am the Lord, Malachi 3, 6, I change not. He's not changing. It doesn't matter whether you change it or not. You'll be judged by the exact same Bible as what's in your lap right now or on your phone or on your device. There's no skipping verses. There's, not, there's no cafeteria plan. So we have the faith of Jesus. Jesus is the word. We have the faith of Jesus. That's Revelation chapter 14, verses 12 and 13. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. Ephesians chapter two, eight and nine. We don't, have, we don't have faith in Jesus. We have the faith of Jesus, which gives, uh, gives us the faith in Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the word, John chapter one, verse one. John chapter one, verse 14. First John chapter five, verse seven. Jesus is the word. So we have the faith of Jesus. Jesus is the word, so our faith is the word. No filtration. The word says you are supposed to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. The word says you have to stop sinning. What shall we say then? Should we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Romans chapter six, one and two. That's what the word says. So let's look at the full witness of the word this morning, while it's still morning, for another 51 minutes. Here's example number one. The most popular verse in the Bible, John chapter three, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Now what you have to do, if your faith is the full witness of the word of God. You're gonna hear this a bunch too. You have to preach both ends. You have to believe both ends. If you want to believe for healing, you have to believe in hellfire and brimstone. Because otherwise you have malformed faith that isn't strong enough to believe in healing. 
That's why you see in many churches, they're strong in one area, but not strong in others. They have malformed faith. Because their faith is not the full witness of the word of God. It's bacon bits. Skipped over the spinach, went to the bacon bits. A lot of you skip right past the salad and go right to the pudding. Where is that ice cream bar? Believe me, guilty is charged. So if you're gonna believe John chapter three, verse 16, and you're going, and everybody preaches it, right? Well, are you gonna preach Matthew 7, 13 and 14? Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find, John chapter three, verse 16. You wonder why there's no power in churches? They don't preach the full gospel. And, we, and we've gotten into churchy terms like full gospel. No, no. It's either you're preaching faith or you're not. Faith is the full witness of the word of God. Nobody mentions Matthew 7, 13, and 14 anymore. Narrow is the way and few find it. I'll give you another example. John chapter 14, 1 and 2. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. And listen, our yeses should be yes, our noes should be no, and they should be equally fervent. So I say to that, yes, this is good. It's good. But then you got to preach Matthew 10, 26 through 28 too. Therefore, do not fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. If you want the miraculous, you gotta preach both ends, baby. Otherwise, you have malformed faith. You may be able to believe for prosperity, but not healing. You may be, be able to believe for casting out demons, but you can't believe for raising the dead. You have malformed faith. Amen. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You don't skip verses, otherwise it's not the word of God. You have malformed faith. You have to preach both ends, otherwise it's heresy. You ha listen, for the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. If you, if you, if you don't preach both ends, don't expect much. Because it's not faith. Faith is the full witness. Well, that's not how you win people. How would you know? I love the people who talk to me about not winning people. You know, if you just toned it down a little bit. Really, who do you preach in front of? How many people have you actually led to the Lord? I love the experts who aren't experts. The experts in the field they've never done. Fill the rows in the church, then come up and tell me. 
Fill me some rows. Now you gotta, you gotta prove it, you gotta document it. Don't just tell me, fill some rows of the people that you want, then you can come up and give me some advice. Maybe. So I filled certainly more than one row. It's not about bragging. It's about the full witness of the word of God. You're like, this is how you witness to people? Absolutely. You tell people they're going to hell? Sure. I told my own kids that. You don't stop lying, you're going to hell. What do they lie about? I don't know, pooping pants, whatever it may be. You, wait a minute, you told your kids they're going to hell when they're three? They're two? Yeah. You don't do that. Who told you that? Why is God not good enough for your two-year-old? Why? Why is God not good enough? Oh, that's not what the Christian, oh, the Christian's books that obfuscate the word of God? Why did, why did both my kids end up saved and many Christians, they don't end up saved with their filtered, watered-down, cafeteria-planned gospel. Because they're not preaching faith to them. They're preaching heresy. They're preaching a demonic faith. Oh, honey, just you know, believe, it. believe in God. He loves you. It's not enough. It's not enough. Throw down some hellfire and brimstone. It works. Because that's faith, there is no other faith but the full witness of the word of God. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. faith doesn't exist. And we wonder why we don't get the miraculous. And the church has to resort to gimmickry. They're not preaching the full gospel. Tommy, you saying the foundation church has arrived? Absolutely not. But I will not leave out one Bible verse. There's Bible verses I don't understand. I still don't leave them out. There's Bible verses I don't like. I want vengeance. I'm not kidding. That's, listen, Romans chapter 12, 18 through 21. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. I hate those verses. But I live by those verses because I'm not God. I subject myself to those verses. I submit myself to those verses. My carnality fights against them. But I submit to the word of God. Otherwise, I have no faith. I'm out taking vengeance and I lay hand on a tumor. It's not gonna work. My faith's malformed. There's no power. I mean, in so doing, you heap burning coals on their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's some benefits to those verses. That's the tail end. So am I sometimes being nice? So the burning coals plop on their head? Yep. Get them, God. I was nice. Coals. <laughs> There's all kind of, listen, I wish that I could take vengeance and I wish fits of rage were not a sin. But they are. 
I wish bitterness wasn't wrong, but it is. I wish that I could be forgiven and not forgive. But Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15 says I have to. So once again, I submit. I get on my knees to the word of God. Some of you need to listen to that when it comes to hot women and hot men. As soon as they come around, Jesus disappears. You need to get on your knees to the word of God and say, you know what? I'm not going to be unequally yoked and I'm not going to fornicate. You're welcome. Who, who preaches this stuff? I do. Listen, it's about healing. It's about prosperity. It's about obedience. It's about triumph. It's about heaven. It's about hell. You preach the full witness or it's a malformed faith, a powerless faith. You will not win the loss without power. Oh, you're like, no, Tom, it's not true. All these churches are full. Well, first of all, they're empty. They all grabbed their ankles. Now they're empty and fighting for life. Put their masks on, stood six feet apart like a bunch of clowns. <laughs> Anthony Fauci's up there. And the church of the living God's dancing around. Not me. I'm not going to dance. The miraculous requires faith. And faith has to be established. We'll define the miraculous. Well, just anything that's miraculous. You want to win the loss? It's a miracle. You want to raise the dead? That's a miracle. Heal the sick? It's a miracle. Speak into somebody's life? A door swings open? It's a miracle. But if you're walking around without faith, what about these churches that are full? They're, it's full of gimmicks. One of the greatest gimmicks of all time, one of the, well, it's one of the most demonic gimmicks of all time, is to water down the gospel. Water down faith. There's no full gospel, half full gospel. It's either faith or not faith. Faith is the full witness of the word of God, period. That's it. So let's look, up, look at two things. Building up in faith. Now notice I didn't say building our faith because you've already been given faith. It's never going to get any bigger. You've been given, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the measure of faith. That's it. The question is, will you expose it? Will you remove its fetters? It's quiet in here. So let's look at building up in faith and erring from the faith. Building up in faith and erring from the faith. Building faith first. Jude chapter 20. Well, there's only one, one chapter. So ver, Jude verse 20, going through 23. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Don't answer amen, but how many non-Pentecostals are in the room? How are you gonna build up your most holy faith without praying in the Holy Ghost? Well, that's not how it's, it doesn't matter how you were raised. If you were raised and you were taught to never speak in tongues, that is a malformed faith. 
However, when he, the spirit of the truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Don't you want that? John chapter 16, verse 13. Then how are you gonna build yourself up on your most holy faith if you're not praying in the Holy Ghost? If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I thank, whether it's 14, 14, 14, 2, 14, 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. How do you avoid those verses? What's funny is people will say, well, the time will come when tongues will cease, but in the same verse it says that knowledge will vanish away. So has knowledge vanished away? No, so tongues haven't ceased yet. I bow to the word of God. Do you bow to the word of God or the Baptist church? Do you bow at the word of God or do you bow at Calvinism? Amen. Some of you, you're uncomfortable speaking in tongues. Paul wasn't. I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Jude 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, have, and on some have compassion, making a distinction. What? On some have compassion? Do you bow to the word of God or do you have compassion on everybody? Christian, you're supposed to have compassion on anybody. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says to have compassion on some, making a distinction. There's people that you help, and there's people that you don't. Which, which person is a pearl sucker? Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. That's how you treat people? Yes! I don't call them dogs and pigs. Yeah, pearl sucker. Are you a, poor, are you a pearl sucker? That's first. That's, I debuted that today. You've never heard that before in your life. I recognize the pearl sucker. I've been in the church for, since 1987. Law enforcement from 1992 to 2017. If you're a cop or you're a pastor, you recognize pearl suckers. Users just want your time. They have an agenda. I recognize them. I make a distinction. You don't have compassion on everybody? No. Doesn't mean I'm not nice to everybody. I'm nice to everybody, but I don't have compassion on everybody. They come to me one time, I'll pay your rent one time, and then I want to know what are you doing to get work? Make a distinction. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. The reason why the United States is $32 trillion in debt is because they're antithetical to the Word of God, they don't make a distinction. 
Let me fly out a couple more babies so I get more welfare. You know, make a distinction. And now, $32 trillion later, here we are. So you don't have compassion on all? No, here's Proverbs 23, 9. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for you will despise the wisdom of your words. I don't give advice to people who don't want it. You're like, Tom, you're, you have a very forceful personality. You don't know me. I just walk around in my own little world, really. You mean you don't just seek to give your advice to everybody who moves? No. It's difficult for me to even care. I force myself to love. I'm not inherently the most loving person on the planet. I force myself to love. And I let God open the doors. I make a distinction. They'll despise, if you force it, they despise the wisdom of your words anyways. So you should make a distinction. If the door doesn't open, don't SWAT team kick it open. Leave it closed. It's what God wants. He's preparing their hearts for another time, not for you to come in and ruin it. Some of you need to stop witnessing. God didn't open the door. Stop shoving it down people's throats. It doesn't work. I really want my son to be saved. All right, shut up and let God open the door. You'll open it. You need to do one. Your responsibility is to pray and speak as commanded. You pray, Lord, open up the doors for me to share my faith. God opens up the doors to share your faith. I told you this before, but I've had all kinds of people in my neighborhood come to this church. You're like, Tom, you're a maniac. You're scary. You're... I know, they still come. <laughs> Numerous people from the sheriff's office have come here. I haven't changed. I haven't lightened up. <laughs> if anything, I've gotten worse. I got worse in 2020. You're welcome. <laughs> but you don't speak in the hearing of a fool. It's a waste of time. If God doesn't open up, open up the door, just let it go. Enjoy your day. I go to people. Usually I'm out walking the dog. We talk about the dogs. God didn't open up the door. When he opens up the door, I know it. And I obey. And I walk through it. Even if it means I tell them they're going to hell. You tell people they're going out? Of course. If God tells me to say that, I do. I don't tell them that. It's not my soul witnessing format. First, let me just cover before we go any further. You're going to hell. So, it's not how I witness. I just go where God tells me to go. And they falsely proclaim that they're going to heaven. I say, no. You're not. Yeah, but you'll lose a friend. I know. A man's enemies would be the members of his own household, let alone people who aren't in his household. Proverbs 9, 7, and 8. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. 
Do not rebuke a mocker, or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. See, people in this church are maniacs. I can take a spiritual baseball bat to your forehead, and you say, thank you, sir. May I have another? And by the way, I'm no different. You may not be my pastor, but you know who my pastor is? Rodney Howard Brown, you think he's holding back on bats? He doesn't hold back on me at all. Sternly pastored. Lovingly, but stern. There's no holding back. If you're wrong, you're gonna hear it. So why, why no miraculous? No winning, no, no miracle of winning the lost. Why? John chapter six, verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. Jude, we are in Jude. Jude 23 correlates with that scripture. But others save with fear. Where's this ever preached? Here. I don't know where else. Save with fear. I thought you save them with love. Not what the Bible says. Save with fear. Why, why is there no miraculous? No miracle of winning the loss, because nobody will tell the loss the truth. Come on in for our bingo giveaway. Look at our squiggly clown-shaped flags out on 41. And then they win them, but they win them to what? They win them to some sort of Pharisaic version of Christianity, a watered-down Christianity. You're like thinking right now, well, this isn't for me. This isn't loving enough. Listen. It's, if you're going to preach, you have to preach the word. You have to preach the word. What is, I mean, what, what, what is faith? Faith is the word of God. But others save with fire pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. These are they that came, Revelation chapter seven, verse 14. These are they that came out, who come out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. You preach the full witness of the word of God. That's, that is our faith. I can talk about the ambient noise challenges to our faith all I want. But I need to first establish what our faith is. Our faith is the full witness of the word of God. But back to Jude 23. But others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. These are, these are the ones who come out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. How do you win people? 
I don't really have an interest. I'm not really a soul winner. Then you're not wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Proverbs 11.30. You should be praying every day that God opens up the doors for you to share your faith. I pray that over my week every week. Not only for me, but for you. I don't, want to rel- I don't want to win people to some sort of Pharisaic version of Christianity. I want to win them to the faith, which is the word of God. There is no delineation between faith and the Bible. The Bible is faith, faith is the Bible. So how do you win people? How do you win people? He that winneth souls is wise, as we just established, Proverbs 11.30. How do you win them? Philippians 3.10 and 11. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. How do you win people? I'm purposely letting that marinate. If each and every person in this room, and listen, I need to further the revelation of it too. I don't win enough souls. I'm given a much larger platform and I don't win enough souls for the platform size that I have. Who's in your sphere of influence? You should be winning souls. I don't have a sphere of influence. Go get one. I'm retired. There's all kinds of retired people around in groups. And they're closer to heaven than a lot of other people or hell. How do you win people? Nobody knows. That's why we gotta have flags out in front of our church. Jet ski giveaway. How about the power of God? How do you win people? The power of God. Philippians 3, 10 and 11. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You want to win people? Be powerful. You'll walk in a room and you'll be a magnet for steel. I don't have anything to offer. Listen, if you actually read the Bible, you need to understand that Jesus wasn't much to look at. He was average. I know all the paintings. He's like chiseled. And I appreciate the appreciation for our Lord and Savior. However, that's not the word of God. He was average looking. I don't know whether he looked like a bodybuilder or not. But he didn't look like a male model either. He was average looking. So you might be putting limitations on yourself. That comes from the devil or from your own carnality. How do you win people? You realize that some of the biggest soul winners on the, that have ever existed on the planet were average looking? Paul was short. If you believe Jesse Duplantis' version of going to heaven, which I do, he put Paul at like 5'2". And bold. There's no limitations. It's all about how much power you have. I'm not this and I'm not. None of that matters. What matters is what kind of vessel are you? Have you availed yourself to God? Said, Lord, I'm available. Here am I. Isaiah 6, 8, send me. 
Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. But don't just go with no power. Don't go because you're nice. I'm just a really nice person. That's not Christianity. You're telling me niceness has no part in Christianity? Yes, it has a part, but it's not the essence of Christianity. The essence of Christianity is power. That you walk into a room and you're anointed. Now you walk into a room, then you're nice. You're like, Tom, you sound like you're never nice. I'm actually very nice. I know some of you think I'm kidding right now. I'm not kidding. I'm actually a nice person. I really live by the motto of either say something nice or don't say anything at all. I do. Now when God opens the door for me to bring correction, I bring it. But it's not really what I want to do. I'd rather, listen, there's times where I'm jealous of these hyper-grace preachers. He's so sweet. And then there's Tom. But nobody should be thought of as 100% sweet. You should preach the full witness of the gospel because this is a gospel of faith and faith is the full Bible. Both ends. For ease of conversation, the positive and the negative, even though I don't consider any part of the Bible negative because it is, it is the word of God. It is the love of God. When the earth opened up and swallowed up a bunch of Hebrews, that was love because God did it. The book of Revelation where blood is spilled to the height of a horse's bridle is love because God does it. Now you don't understand that, I know. Either do I. His thoughts and his ways, Isaiah 55, 8 9 are above ours. You don't know the big picture, nor do I. No one knows about that day or hour. Not even the, not even the angels in heaven, nor Jesus, but only the Father, Matthew 24, 36. So how do you win people? Remember, back to Jude 23, but others save with love, with fear. Yeah, but all these other churches, Tom, they're winning them with love. Are they one of them? If they're still living with their girlfriend, are they one? If they're still lying, are they one? No, that sounds work-based. No, that's actual, that is actual faith. That's belief. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not believe. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. You win them to belief, you've won them to obedience. You've won them to obedience, you've won them to belief. There is no delineation between the two. None! Well, he's just really not living it right now. He's not saved. Well, he was, oh, he's apostatizing then. Hello, hello, there we go. Where do you get that? That's, maybe that's my bad spot, I'll stay right here. I hate when the mic kicks off. I forgot where I was. Yeah, I got it. I remember that. That I remember. I got the apostasy part, but. But nobody preaches the full witness. They're telling people they're saved when they're not. They're attending your church and they said some sort of convoluted sinner's prayer, but they're not saved. They haven't turned from their sin. Well, it's a process. No, it's not. Yes, it's a process of revelation. There's times you don't know that you're sinning, but when you know that you are, in a lot of churches, they never, do, never know whether they are because nobody ever tells them. You just need to look at various lists. 
Oh, God is not, you know, God's not a God of rules. Wrong. Revelation 21, 8, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10 are lists. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You preach that full witness while you're preaching about prosperity. Or the people that you're preaching, preaching prosperity to are never gonna prosper. Because it's malformed faith. All you're doing is telling them about prosperity, but you're not telling them about hellfire and brimstone. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You're not preaching the full witness of the word of God. It's why I follow the men that I follow, because they do. They'll drop hell, Jesse DePlantis will drop hellfire and brimstone just like that. Rodney R. Brown drop it just like that. Jonathan drop it just like this. Out of nowhere, in the middle of a prosperity message, boom. Preach the full witness of the word of God or they'll never get the prosperity they want. Even the prosperity that they came for. They didn't, they didn't come to repent of sin. They came to be, they came to be uh, accommodated in their sin. But if you accommodate them in their sin, they'll never get the, get the prosperity that they came for. A lot of people struggle, struggle. They're not in the prosperity conference 10 years later because they never got the prosperity because nobody told them about hellfire and brimstone, only prosperity. It's quiet in here. It has to be the full witness. Faith comes by the word of God. Tommy ever gonna tell us how to win souls? Here it comes. You're not gonna win souls because of your personality. I'm just the sweetest person, well, it doesn't work. It's a spiritual thing. Your carnal sweetness has nothing to do with soul winning. If I'm just the nicest person in the world. Listen, I've been a Christian since 1987 and I've tried it all. What works is anointed conversations. Pray, Philemon 1.6, that you may be active in sharing your faith. And God opens up the doors and you say what needs to be said. Parents rarely come to me for advice about their kids because they don't want to change. They don't, they, don't, they don't come to me because I'm going to preach the word of God to them. I'm going to tell them. He who spares the rod hates his child. Okay, that's the word. That's the full, well, that's really not the way we do it in our house. Well, you're doing it antithetical to Jesus because Jesus is the word. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So people don't come. You will win your son or your daughter's soul by applying faith, which is the word of God, the full witness of the word of God. Faith means paddle their rear end into obedience. Well, I don't want anybody to call child protective services. It's never an issue. I was, I was a cop for 25 years and never arrested one kid for spanking their child. It's all a big fallacy. Again, it's just cleverly disguised cowardice. Which is the really, really the main format of the modern church is cleverly disguised cowardice in the name of love. The reason why we don't say that is because we just love people. No, you're afraid to tell them. You're afraid to tell them they're going to hell. I'm not afraid to tell anybody. Come up and give me your qualifications. Tom, I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Okay, good. You turned from your sin? Well, no, I'm still living with my girlfriend. You're going to hell. 
Your? It's a fact. Where do you get that from? The full witness of the word of God. That doesn't sound loving. Oh, so you know love better than love. What is love you know better than? Because Galatians 5, 19 through 21, here's the same list. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Says what I just said. The fornicator will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you're telling them that they are? That's why pastors will be judged more strictly. And many of them will be shocked that they go straight to hell. Telling people who are hell bound they're going to heaven? You're nothing more than Satan's deceiver. I don't care that your website looks the same as mine. You don't preach what's on the website. A Bible-based church. How are you a Bible-based church and never mention the word hell or sin? And what's even strange about it is they stay in the amalgam of nothingness. They don't preach the promises of God. They don't preach the judgment of God. They don't preach, they preach heaven only and no hell. They don't preach prosperity because that's risky. They don't preach healing because that's risky. They don't preach hell because that's offensive. What a gelding. What a coward gelding. Well, then people won't come. Well, why, why would you want to coagulate a bunch of humanity straight to hell? Why? And then answer to an angry, judgmental Jesus. Look at all the people that I could have saved, but you told them they were saved. They're not saved, and if they would have known they weren't saved, I could have saved them but you lied to him instead. Well, you sure were liked. Oh, there's good, there's, hey, there's Pastor Goodbody. He's just a swell guy. Everybody loves him. Pastor Syrup. Well, glory to God, hallelujah. How are everybody doing this morning? Good to see you. So you win people with power. Philippians 3, 10 and 11. Philippians 3, 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Romans 4, 25. Uh, 4, 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Merge that with Philippians 3, 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification, so that we could operate in the power of the resurrection. Where do you get that from? Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The power of his resurrection. But I don't want to speak in tongues. Well, forget it then. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, I reject tongues. And some of you that haven't spoken in tongues yet, but you've welcomed it, you're good. The tongues will come. They need to come. I'm just uncomfortable with that. Well, then understand you're not gonna win many souls. You're unanointed. You're like, the Baptists don't speak in tongues and they win a lot of souls. Well, you know what? They put in a lot of work too. You? Quiet in here. 
Some of you are thinking, why in the world did I walk into this place? This is exactly what you need. Or you can just live in complacency and mediocrity for the rest of your life. Well, Tom, I'm already old. Listen, if you're 80 in here, you're supposed to live to 120. You got 40 years to go. How many souls could you win in 40 years? Where, do you, where on earth, Tom, do you get the 120 from? Because in the, in the book of Psalms, it says 80. Old covenant, flip to Genesis 6-3, Abrahamic covenants 120. And by the way, 80 was just somebody with a normal life. You don't have a normal life. You have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of you. You are designed to live to 120. So, it's, I don't want to get off on this, but it just blows my mind. People are destroyed for? Hosea 4, 6. Because thou ha- and then the second part, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. It's so easy today to find out anything. Average age of death in Japan versus average age of death in America. Got people riding their bikes at 111 in Japan because they honor their father and mother, therefore will I give you long life. God's God, he honors his word everywhere, even to the unsaved. And here, everyone just turns on their parents. Don't have have time for a phone call. Believe me, that hurts me too. I don't preach what's comfortable for me, because I don't call my mother enough. I call my mother on holidays. And my mom and I, we we have the same personality, we can talk for hours. They have to come in and re-oxygenate a room after we leave. <laughs> That's what you're, you're designed for that. That's the Bible. That's the full witness of the word. Well, I'd rather just choose the AMA of the ones that jam experimental vaccines in your blood system. That one, the AMA, the American Medical Association, you choose them. Where the average age of death in America is falling, we have the greatest medical system in the world. And no, we don't. We have a lower average age of death in America than many third world countries. You know why that is? This has nothing to do with the message. You know why that is? It's because we have everything and we found out it's not the answer. The rest of the world is actually living and thinking, even though they're not saved, they're living and thinking that there's salvation in America. Not just with America, the country, but the idealism of having stuff. They live for it. They have something to live for. You and I already have stuff. You know, Tom, you don't know. I'm really poor. You're rich. In comparison to the rest of the world, you are filthy, rotten rich. I don't care how poor you are in here. If you drove a car here, you're rich. In comparison to the rest of the world. Rich. They'd love to have what we have. But in America, we're dying at an average. Before COVID, the average age of death was, 70, was 78. Now it's 77. It has nothing to do with COVID. It didn't, the average age of death didn't lower until three years after COVID. I wonder why that was. Three-letter word, V-A-X. Listening to the people who actually, you know what? You might not want to take medical advice from the people who want to lower the earth's population. So I I marvel at the black community. 
And you're like, oh, here comes a racist white guy. I told you, the way that you can determine whether I'm racist or not is when I was single. If she was hot, I'd date her. If she'd have me. I don't care whether she's black, white, Hispanic, or anything else. She's hot, I'm, I'm ready. Love you too. Oh, I don't care. My son was madly in love with Jessica, is it Jessica Hudson or Jennifer Hudson? Jennifer? Jennifer Hudson for years. I didn't run up to him and say, no, you know what, she's black. <laughs> Care less, marry her. She's a millionaire. <laughs> Go get her. Maybe she'll buy me my dream truck. But I marvel at the black community because the very people who are trying to kill them, they vote for the number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. 400,000 per year. And I'm the racist? Because I want Planned Parenthood off the corner of every urban center in America? I'm the racist? I get lectured by people who butcher 400,000 black Americans per year? You're gonna lecture to me? I'm quite the racist that I want all people to live. How do you win souls? Power, how do you get power? How do you get it? Here it is, 1 Thessalonians chapter one, verse five. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. They delivered power. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, with a demonstration of, of the Spirit's power. Same author, Thessalonians, Corinthians, Paul. He came with power. You want, you want to win people? Yeah, listen, I'm talking about anointing. But you want to win people? Heal their body. Watch them come. Let me, let me just pray with it. Boom! Come with power. Well, I don't, that's not really necessary. Jesus thought it was necessary for his ministry. You don't think it's necessary for your ministry. And you call yourself Christian? You come with the full witness of the word of God. Sometimes that means buying people food. Sometimes it means paying their mortgage. Sometimes it means encouragement. Sometimes it means strip down to the studs. Strip down to the studs edification. Whatever it takes, God will let you know. Let's talk about erring from the faith. That's building up. That was the building up part, believe it or not. But I'm telling you, if you really want to change the world around you, you have to operate in power. You're dead. I'm crucified with Christ. Just be a conduit and enjoy your life. Tom, you probably live a very stressed out life. No, I don't. It's over for me. 
you don't try to glorify in yourself and win, get preaching positions and no. I'll be at Pastor Rodney's conference tonight up in Tampa. I'll be there. I'm not there at a glad hand. Hey, you ever thought about having me at your church? <laughs> I'm lazy anyway. I don't really want to go. She goes, not true. My wife's going, not true. I'll go upon request. I have no problem preaching. But I'm very content where I'm at. You did, you, I mean, I, I don't mean, I, I'm not, not going to stop pastoring this church. I'm talking about if people want me to come and speak or whatever. I, it, I don't do anything to try to conjure that up. I'm satisfied where I'm, I'm content in all things. So how do you err from the faith? So our faith is the word of God. Simple. Yeah, but I don't really know what's in here. Then you're not operating by faith in that area of your life. What does faith say about marriage? What does faith say about dating? Oh, I'm a man of faith. Well, why do you date unsaved women? I'm not a man of faith. The Bible tells you not to do that. What are you doing? Well, I'm a man of faith, but I don't tithe. Well, you're not a man of faith then. Malachi 3, 8 through 11 so you're, says you're robbing from God. No, that's Old Testament. Wrong. That's Abrahamic covenant. Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20. The order of Melchizedek, the priest of Melchizedek, which is what Jesus was called. He was a tither. So you're telling me I need to write a check for 10% to whatever ministry that I attend? Yes. You're going to come after me, Tom, if I don't? No. That's on you. You want to rob? You want to ya- rob Yahweh? Go ahead. Me? No, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and give Yahweh. I don't poke that bear. So how do you hear from the faith? Number one, love of money. There's other ways. I just wrote a couple examples. First Timothy chapter six, verse ten. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Now here's the thing. Everybody thinks that's about the rich. Well, let's look. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, would a rich man be coveting after it when they already have it? Some do, yeah. I mean, yeah, they could, but that's not what it says. It doesn't say a rich man. The entire world obeyed global authorities so that they could maintain their poor or middle-class life. Do anything. What do, I, what do I need to do? I said earlier that I subject myself and I submit myself to the word of God. They subjected themselves and submitted themselves to health and global authorities just so they could maintenance their $50,000 a year job. When, and you're like, just so you don't think I'm hoity-toity. I started off at the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office making $17,000 a year in 1992. I know middle class, and I know lower middle class. Right now, I'm probably upper middle class. But I won't do anything to maintenance that, anything. That's the love of money. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to take your lifestyle away from you if you don't don this mask. Tom, get over the COVID thing. Well, it just ended. The state of emergency just ended at the beginning of this month after, let's see now, that's uh, 37 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Think they stretched it a little bit? 
You don't think they're coming again? They'll take away your job. You know, you know what? If you, don't, if you don't stop buying gas and buy this EV, by the way, they won't make you stop buying gas. They just won't have any gas. They'll have all the gas that's used to make electricity going into your house that they can shut off anytime the darn well please. That's the point of it all. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Galatians chapter five, verse one. Which everybody likes the first part but doesn't stand firm. Well, you know, we wanna be a good, you know, good neighbor, community partner. I don't partner with, I don't partner with Satan. I'm not, I'm not gonna be yoked with Satan. I'm not gonna put on his mask. You're not gonna muzzle me. You're not gonna, listen, if God wants to, he never would. But if God wants to humiliate me, he can humiliate me. He's God. But I'm not gonna be humiliated by Satan or any of his minions. Put a mask on my face? You ever, do you, does everybody realize what a clown show that is? You're putting on a mask believing that it stops a viral infection? Mask is to stop what this first row is getting hit with right now. Spit. It's like the front, world, front row of SeaWorld up here. You have to have like raincoats in the back for people to put up. That's what a mask is for. I mean, think about, it. think about how, humiliating it is, how humiliating it is to wear something completely useless. Well, at least it's over. Every day I see people wearing masks. I pretty much, and listen, I pretty much stay in my own world. I really do. I'm either here or home, really. And I still see people wearing masks. If I actually drove all over the place, I don't know how many people it would be. But the love of money is the root of all evil. But people think it's about being rich. It's not it's just love and money. Anything to preserve your lifestyle. I'll do anything to do it. No, you should be like, I'll do anything to serve Jesus. Anything, whatever he wants, I'll do. And you'll prosper. There's no downside to serving Jesus except for the occasional martyrdom. It, it's just occasional. It's nowhere in America, oh, I'm a martyr because, you know, I, I died of this disease. That's not martyrdom. That's not believing the word of God. How dare you, Tom? We've had family members that have lost, lost their lives to disease. Listen, I didn't say whether they were going to heaven or hell, but he took up your infirmities and carried your diseases. You're telling me that people died for lack of faith? Yes! That's not me saying it. That's Mark chapter four, verses 37, and 30, verses 37 through 41. It's not me saying it. It's, it's Matthew chapter 17, 17 through 21. 7, 17 through 21. That's the Bible saying that. Over and over again, how many times did Jesus tell people that you lacked faith? He doesn't mean that they lacked the gift of faith. It means that they lacked exposing their faith. How are you gonna be healed without the full witness of the word of God that tells you you're supposed to be healed? That he took up your infirmities and carried your diseases. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Psalm 103.3. 3. 
Matthew 8, 17. Well, it's, yeah, but Tom, that's, you know, that's insulting to people who have died. I'd rather insult dead people than tell live people heresy. God wanted them. I'm not saying whether they went, I'm not saying whether they're better, they were better Christians than me who died of cancer. They may have been a thousand times the Christian that I am and won more souls than I, than I, than I ever have or maybe ever will. But they still shouldn't have died of cancer. It's antithetical to the word. Tom, you've been sick. I know. And what did I do? For? Came right up here and went, has that changed anything? No, it was my own unbelief. I went right to the word of God. Why am I sick? Let me see now. Why am I sick? Oh, well, it's very easy. There's that daggum Matthew chapter 17. Because of your unbelief. I'm fine with it. I just swallow that horse pill and move on. I bow to the word of God. My, my ego and my standing portrait of myself does not trump the word of God. Me being afraid of working a nerve or being offended does not trump the word of God. The word of God trumps all my feelings, all my emotions, all my experiences. A lot of you, a lot of, lot of people, if the girl's hot enough, you're gone. Bye-bye, Jesus. You're finished. If you're lonely enough, because now I'll speak to the ladies, and the guy comes along who's just the same piece of crap wrapped in a different, different shade of wrapping paper, you're like, Tom, how do you know, how do you know? Listen, I have been in the people business my entire adult life. It's always the same. It's always a common spirit. The devil doesn't think of anything new. He's a fleshly devil. He's not even spiritual. He's shrinking in influence. We'll be shocked when we see him like that. He, has, he just comes up with the same giant festering pile of minutia every time. When are you gonna stop falling for it? The guy doesn't even have a job. Why are you even considering dating him? Well, he's got rock hard abs. The word of God's quick and powerful. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Hebrews 4.12, Matthew 5.37. Hey, you know, like you to consider going on a date with me? Oh, really? Tell me about you and Jesus. Uh, ooh, uh, and have a nice day. When I was dating in my 20s, I could give you my resume about Jesus. Just like that. Anybody want to know how I was saved? There was no, there was no equivocation. It's now. If any girl asked me, I would tell her. Love of money erring from the faith, which really just means bow. It doesn't mean that you're like, I just love money, I just love it. It's that you'll do anything to keep it, anything to maintenance your life. Listen, you are targeted for the mark of the beast then. Just do anything. As I've said many times, more Christians will take the mark of the beast when Walmart closes than anything else. Can't get into Walmart unless you put this mark on your right hand or on your forehead, a quantum dot tattoo. That they're developing right now. MasterCard's developing right now. 
in cooperation with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's a fact. They closed down Walmart. Most Christians will take the mark of the beast because they're not standing in faith. They're standing in a malformed faith where a third of the Bible has been preached to them. Love, love, grace, 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 love, love, and nothing else. They don't know how to be hardcore. You're like, Tom, that just comes easy for you. I'm not, I, don't, I don't know what, I know the things that come easy for me, like I told you earlier. Vengeance comes easy for me. <laughs> Fits of rage come easy for me. But if, when, you, when you are operating the full witness of God, because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, you're hearing the Holy Ghost. Should I do this? He'll tell you things to come. Should I not do that? It's easy. I knew in my spirit three years ago, this is a big no. You shall stand. Yes, Lord. It's coming again. Everybody thinks it's over. It's coming again. Nothing is a trial balloon. Everything's an attempt. Number two, how to err from the faith. Church-born heresy. It's 12-11. Everybody still good? We'll close quick at the end. Church-born heresy. Heresy's no good for church people if it's outside the church. It's really good, and people have itching ears inside the church. A lot of us have forgotten what it is to live in the world. Not, not all of us. Many of you have jobs out in the world or whatever, but to live in the world, a lot of us have forgotten. So the world's not super effective at reaching us but the pulpit is. So the devil comes in with ministers. When you go to 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, for Satan himself transforms himself as an angel of life. Therefore, it is no, it is no great thing that his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of light. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 18. Who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection has already passed, and they overthrow the faith of some. That's inside the church. Not outside the church. Church-born heresy. Straying from the truth is erring from the faith. Because faith is the truth. It's the word of God. Revelation 22, 18 and 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things that are written in this book. Church-born heresy. And I'll finish with this. Everyone loves to talk about the pastors. All right, it's 12, 13. I'm gonna lube the tubes one for one more shout fest and then we're going home. <laughs> Worship team, be perched and ready. Everybody loves to talk about the ministers. Should they? Well, you should be aware of them. What's that guy? What's that girl? What are they preaching? Is it the Bible or is it not? Because if they're not preaching the Bible, it's not faith. 
If it's edited Bible verses, it's not faith. It's demonic faith. The Bible has to be unfettered. Tom, what do you think about apostasy? No problem whatsoever. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. Second Thessalonians chapter two. No problem at all. Tom, can people lose their salvation? Absolutely, the Bible says they can. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. Colossians chapter one, 21 through 23. First Timothy chapter, first Timothy chapter four, verse one, as I just said. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter 10, 26 and 27. Hebrews chapter six, four through eight. Hebrews chapter five, 11 through 14. Warning against falling away is the title of that set of scripture. Same title as 1 Timothy chapter four, warning against falling away. People tell you you can't lose your salvation. Tom, you're gonna lose all the Calvinists that just walked into this room. Now, if they want faith. If you want real faith. Some scattering little golf clapping right there. There's things that people are afraid to applaud. God wants you wealthy. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. See, you, you look around the room to see if anybody else is clapping. Not me. I'm like, yeah, woo, yes. Oh, yeah. I don't like being poor. I've been there. It's easy for me. You, listen, if you, if you preach, yeah, you know what? People who throw, by the way, this is in the verses that I keep mentioning, Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 and 10, Revelation chapter 21, 8, list of sins, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Fits of rage is in there. And I still go, amen, even though it's me. And every single time I throw a fit of rage, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for that through the blood of Jesus, and I repent, I'm never doing it again. That's Christianity. So I'll finish with this. Everyone talks about the pastors preaching a false gospel, and they should. James chapter three, verse one. Not many of you, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. So you should. How, 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 do, you do, with, how, how do you deal with a pastor that's preaching heresy? Look at me. God hasn't called you to that church. I've been there my whole life, though. My mom went there. My grandma went there. My great-grandma went there. Leave! They're preaching heresy. Get out of there! Have you ever asked God, do you want me to attend this church? And I say this to all, not many people can survive this church. You are the exception. If you've been here for more than a couple weeks, you are the exception. If you can take this church. But the sad thing about it is, is the only thing that this church is about is the Bible. So most people can't take the Bible. You are the very few remnant believers that can actually take the Bible, receive the Bible. Most people can't take it. They would never let the Bible get in the way of their own personal theology. Oh, I just really wanna believe my, that my kids, they have a good heart. They don't have a good heart.
The heart is, is wicked above all, is des, is desperate. the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Nobody starts off with a good heart. If you're not serving God, you certainly do not have a, the mind and the heart are synonymous in scripture. You don't have a renewed mind. So I'll tell you the truth about your child out of Jeremiah 17, nine. They're not saved. Feel quiet, it gets in here. Everyone, oh, I just really want to believe. What you want to believe has nothing to do with true faith. This is faith. This is what you should believe. It is error proof. Written by the Holy Ghost. Holy and divine. Jesus' body. The word of God. So you deal with the pastors. But what about non-pastors? We've already, listen, nobody's crucified. God has shut me up. God allowed me a window of opportunity, a season. Starting in March of 2020, where I just slayed people by name from this pulpit. And God allowed it. I don't know why, and then he told me to shut up about their names. And so I shut up. And I've, and I've shut up since, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, early 2021. Stop dropping names. If you want to know what I think about a pastor by name, you can ask me. I'll tell you what I think, but I'm just not going to say it from the pulpit. Tom, what do you think about this? And I can tell you it probably won't be good. If you're afraid to tell people they can lose their salvation, I have no interest in you. None. No interest in you. If you hold back on healing because people never got, people didn't get healed, so now you backed off, you're a coward. Wearing the thin camouflage of love. You're still a coward. So there you go. There's where I stand. Nobody's harder on pastors than me. But what about you? Who's more talked about in the Bible? Well, let's look in closing. Now, what I want you to focus on here is yourself. Focus on yourself. I know that there's a lot of offended people in this room right now. You should see the facial expressions. Like, how do you preach exuberantly even amongst the facial expressions? Because I like being booed. <laughs> when I played football in college, I loved to be the away team. I loved coming out and being booed. I'm like. <laughs> I would be the greatest heel wrestler of all time. I love being booed, so it doesn't bother me. People are scowling at me right now. It doesn't matter. So what about non-pastors? And I'm closing with this, 1221. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. So what are you listening to? It says right here, a wicked person listens to deceit. Not the deceitful is wicked. Yes, the deceitful are wicked, but it says that the, the person who listens to the deceitful person, the deceitful person is deceitful. The person who listens to them is wicked. So if you go to, like, if you're sitting in here right now, and you go to a lukewarm church, and you know it's lukewarm, you're wicked. You're listening to deceitful lips. Nothing to do with the pastor. He'll answer, to a, he'll answer to his own judgment, which is more strict than yours, James chapter three, verse one. But what about you? 
What do you listen to? Do you listen to yourself? Are you the deceiver? Are you, are you playing both roles? You're speaking the deceit, and you're wicked enough to listen to your own deceit. How do I know whether I'm speaking deceit or not? Right here. Are you a Christian or are you not? Jesus is the word. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, it's right here. Any theological issue that you want to know about is right here. Should I speak in tongues? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Yes! It's too weird for me. Jesus is too weird for you then. Say it out loud. Jesus is too weird for me. It's the best thing you do is get things out loud. Worship team, make your way wherever you guys are. So I'm giving you hope. Some people do, they just need to say it out loud. Jesus is too weird for me. Not me, I bow to him. You want me speaking in tongues? No problem whatsoever, Lord. I'm on. And you know what God does then? It's 12.23. We'll be out of here by 12.30. Is that good? (laughs) Who wants to go longer? He's a consuming fire. And you're like, you know, where do you get that from? Well, that's that Hebrews chapter 12, 28 and 29. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. He's a consuming fire. He's never going to let up. He's going to take more and more and more. I'm like, yes, you're God. Take it. Uh, other people? No. But you're God. Take it. Take me. So he does. And many of you have heard me allude to this many, many times. But I've always been somewhat like this. Like, I preached the Bible, period, hellfire and brimstone. But then God says, you know what? Now it's time for you to be pastored. But, Lord, I don't want to be pastored. You're going to be pastored. You know where you get that from? Oh, that would be the Bible again. Got quiet in here. People don't want to be pastored. I submit to no man. Really? Is that true? Who believes that in here? I submit to no man. Yeah, you do. You submit to all kinds of men and women all the time, whether they're cops, tax collectors. You submit all the time. Why wouldn't you submit to Yahweh? So if he's going to be a consuming fire, I'm like, okay, well, Lord, he says, he tells me you're going to be pastor. Okay, well, okay. By Rodney Howard Brown, I preached against him my entire Christian life. Not him personally, but against what, what he preaches. Events being about being touched by God. He used to preach from the pulpit. You don't need to be touched by God. So God says, you're going to go be touched by me. I don't, I don't go, I don't go, no. I submit. He's God. He's Jesus. He's the Holy Ghost. There is a very solid possibility that tonight... The man who was against all of it, not three years, not 38 months of 15 days to flatten the the curve ago, is against it all. That tonight when I go to Rodney Howard Brown's conference, I'm going to be crawling back to my seat on all fours. Again. Because that's, listen, I'm God's child. You and I are God's children. We are his beloved And as you want to embrace your own children, he likes to embrace us. 
But sometimes when God embraces you, you can't stand. Fine. I was too prideful for that three years ago. Not anymore. I'm like, bring it on, Lord. I've been, I've been incoherent at the river, in public, with thousands of people watching. Pastor Rodney has his goon squad come up to you, you know? And they drag you up there, and you're like, tell me what you're thinking right now. Uh, uh. He did that to me one time, and the only word I could think of was and. And some of you are like, I'm staunchly against all of that. Then you're staunchly against the book of Acts. Paul was incoherent, Paul was on the ground and then won the most souls, but you're against it? You're just full of pride and your pride goes before destruction. So in closing right here, 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. Not talking about preachers here for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And say, think about preachers, but after their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itching ears. Who's heaping? The preachers? or the congregants. You're like, Tom, you're trying, to, you're trying to defend preachers. I just excoriated them not 10 minutes ago. But who heaps to themselves teachers having itching ears? Yeah, let's make sure we bring that guy to the church so he'll just tell us the things that we want to hear that'll be like a feather drifting slowly across my ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth because of that and be turned to fables. There you go, ready? Done. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. If you need to get right with God this morning, this is where we're closing. If you need prayer after the service, prayer teams will be on both sides of the stage. They're all men and women of complete faith. If you need healing, they will believe for you to be healed. If you need any need met, they will believe that need will be met. Not that God can do it, and they're hoping that he will, but knowing that God will do it. That's our prayer teams. Both sides of the stage, make sure that you see them. Don't leave without being prayed over if you need prayer. If you need to get right with God this morning, now is your time. Nobody's looking around. It's between me, you, and God. You're like, Tom, you do this differently at different times. I do it however I feel like it. If you're a Christian and you've fallen into a lifestyle of sin, the Bible calls that apostasy. And you've erred from the truth, you've fallen away. Whether you've gotten into the place of losing your salvation or not, I don't know, but maybe you have. Because the Bible says you can. So if you're a Christian and you've fallen away, now is your time to get your life right with God. Your heart's pounding right now, you know it's you. Maybe you've blown off this entire message, this entire service, and you plan on never coming back again. Well, I'm gonna talk to you right now. Are you saved? Well, I'm saved according to my own opinion. That doesn't matter. Are you saved according to the word of God, according to faith? Are you saved? Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith and to this grace in which we now stand. He, Romans chapter five, one and two. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe people think you are, but you're not. You know you're not. You play Christian, 
but behind closed doors, there's sin that you've never repented of. Now's the time to get your life right with God. He is the propitiation for your sins. John chapter two, first John chapter two, verse two. The sacrifice for your sin. Now's the time to get your life right with God. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now is your time. Now is your time. Right where you're at, I'm gonna only ask you to do one physical thing. I'm gonna ask you to do, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm gonna ask you to pray with the entire church. That's it. This is between me, you, and God. There's not another soul looking around in this building. Nobody that I can see right now has their head up. If you need to get your life right, just stretch your hand out right where you're at. Right where you're at. Sweep into my left to my right. Got you. I got you. I got you guys. Got you center left. Got you center right. Got you to my far right. God bless each and every one of you. Those of you that lifted up your hands, hard part's over. You've already done it. Now the entire church is going to pray this prayer with you. But you pray it out loud to the Almighty God. Prayer of salvation, and you are saved. Everybody, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts amen and amen. Lots of people. Stand up everybody, put your hands in the air. Receive this prayer. Lord, I pray over my brothers and sisters this week. I ask you to open up the doors for them to share their faith. Open up the doors for them to share you, Lord. With as many people as you can open up the doors for them to share too. Open those doors this week for them to share their faith. Invite people to church. And Lord, I ask you to pour out your blessings, your healing, your restoration, your triumph. Pour out, Lord, your blessings upon my brothers and sisters this week. And I prophesy this will be a week of power in Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts. Amen. Love you all. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.